Welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey Podcast. We are a faith-based podcast featuring biblical teachings, Stephanie Sip and Say, and book discussions with author Stephanie Humphrey. Tune in to hear a word from the Lord and to tap into Stephanie's heart. We hope you enjoy listening and don't forget to subscribe. Blessings. Well, welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. I am so excited to be with you on tonight. I feel excited. I feel amazing. I feel wonderful. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I am just resting and relaxing and enjoying the favor of the Lord at this time in my life. And so welcome to Sip and Say with Stephanie. tell you how things are going in mine. <laughs> we in North Carolina are dealing with some gas shortages as some of our other southern states are dealing with because of the colonial pipeline hack. <laughs> so we're dealing with some shortages right about now. So I'm curious to know, are, is your, are you living in one of the states that is dealing with the pipeline. I wrote them down so that I would not forget. Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania, the, the upper part of Maryland, right between Pennsylvania and Delaware and New Jersey. Y'all, we dealing with some gas shortages because of this pipeline hack. Um, and thankfully, um, on Wednesday, I was able to get some gas. The Lord specifically told me where to go. <laughs> it's good to have a connection with the Lord, y'all. I'm telling you, it is good to have a connection with God. But God told me exactly where to go. I went there. I didn't even have to wait. There was this particular gas station had several pumps. So I didn't have to wait. I just wait. Excuse me. I drove around and slid right on in. <laughs> And I was able to get me some gas and I was so thankful because I've seen, you know, I've watched the news and I've seen the long lines that are, um, of, you know, of cars waiting to fill up their gas tank. Not, not necessarily because they're trying to make sure their gas tank is full because of the shortages. They're just trying to fill up because it's time to fill up. You know, it, for me, it was time to fill up. I was, I was on a quarter tank, so I needed to fill up. And so people are just trying to fill up their gas just to get to work, just to do what they need to do, you know, even beyond or in spite of the shortage. And so people have been waiting for several hours in line to get gas in my state. And um, even though the hack took place on Friday, last Friday, um, by Wednesday, the Colonial Pipeline, you know, they're, they're, they're back up and running, but it's still going to take some time for them to get gas. Um, to all of the, the stations that are in need. And so I just encourage us, I know y'all, it's tough to be patient. <laughs> when you're in need, that's just like the toilet paper, toilet paper shortage and the shortage of disinfectant and uh, disinfecting wipes and disinfecting spray and paper towels happened when the pandemic began 
it is the same way some people are hogging the gas. I was looking and I looked, I tried to find it again. I kind of stumbled on it when I was doing some research and I was looking for it again, but it was at a gas station. I don't know what state or what city it was in, but there was a couple at the gas station with their trunk open and I counted four and there was either three or four in the trunk already stacked um, side by side in the trunk. And then they were both bent over at a gas can on the floor. There were five gallon gas cans, y'all, that this couple was filling up. It was either four or five of them that they were filling up. And I'm just like, wait a minute, y'all are taking it too far. Y'all are keeping people who need that gas from getting gas. You know, that's why the gas stations are, are running out so quickly because y'all right now. And so they they were, I mean, they were, they were, they were getting it in. And I and I understand that a fear, you know, comes when there's a loss, but we still have to be respectful of everyone else that's living in the world. You know, and in particular, everyone else who's living in our community. We need to be mindful of them and respectful of them and recognize, you know, they need gas too. You're filling up four to five, five gallon tanks of gas, uh, five gallon tanks of gas. That's a bit much. And so I was really disappointed to see that, but it, it was what it was. I don't know if the gas gas station attendees even saw them or if I can't I didn't see if there was a line or anything behind them so I don't know if there were complaints about them doing that I don't even know if the gas station attendants could have stopped it you know but I just would encourage us to be patient to leave some gas for your neighbor <laughs> So that they can get to work in the grocery store and wherever it is that they need to get to, you know, just just leave some for someone else, um, and just trust that we we're, we're gonna get our gas. Like it's it's a coming. <laughs> I was watching the news right before I jumped in. That's one of the reasons why I got on a little late. Y'all forgive me, but I was watching the news and it showed that there were some gas um, rigs that were being filled up. I don't know they the news. If they did say where they were, um, I missed that part, but there were several um, gas tankers that were waiting to get filled up. So the gas is coming, y'all. We just have to be patient um, until it gets here. Um, thankfully, my job, y'all know I'm an educator. Um, they, we had a teacher work day today, so my supervisor allowed us to work from home today, and I was very thankful because I travel about 40 minutes to get to work. So I was very thankful to have received that email from my supervisor. Um, and then I received another email this afternoon that our district leaders have actually declared tomorrow a virtual learning day. And so I'm very thankful for that because it helps me preserve gas, which leaves, leaves it for someone else who is not, does not have the, um, the ability to work from home. So I'm really thankful that I'm able to, again, preserve my own gas tank, but, you know, leave some for someone else. So, yeah, y'all. I, I didn't even, I'm going to just be honest with you. I didn't even know that you could hack a gas line. Like, I know that everything, pretty much everything is digital now, but it just kind of never dawned on me. I guess those are some of the things that I don't have to think about or really don't think about, that you could hack a gas um, pipeline, you know, but... Now I know that it's possible. Um, and I planned to do some research before I got on, but I was like working to the last minute. Um, I had a late um, workshop today that I was helping uh, 
not nest not coley but just supporting the leader and so we got to talking <laughs> after the workshop and it was so good to talk to my colleague because i hadn't talked to her in a little while so we you know stayed on the zoom we talked for a little while and so it was just good to, to have those conversations with her and to catch up with her so um it pushed my day a little bit longer but it was totally totally worth it um, I have no idea why I share that with you. I don't even know what I was talking about right now, but <laughs> I was glad to talk to my coworker. Um, and we had a really great training on equity. It was so, it was really good. And so I'm glad for the workshop. And I was talking about my time, right? So I was glad for the workshop and just having those conversations with her. So I missed a little bit. Um, or missed some of the information from the news. Um, but I did want to tell you, in case you didn't know about the Colonial Pipeline, because I had to do some research about it, it covers 5,500 miles of pipeline from the states that I mentioned earlier. It is one of the country's largest, actually it is the country's largest fuel pipeline. So, oh my goodness, it was hacked by a fairly new, or what is considered a fairly new criminal group called Dark Side. I'm telling you, y'all, we just, woo, we just, we just got to be steadfast and prayerful and watchful and know what's going on in our world. I'm going to tell you that. And so, um, this is sipping tea with Stephanie, so I'm going to take a little sip. I actually just have water today. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to have me some H2O today. Nice cold water from the refrigerator, I'm going to tell you. And so the last time we talked, um, the last sip and say, I was very, I was tired and I was frustrated. So I wasn't on for very long. But since our last sip and say, the Derek Chauvin trial has been, you know, settled. The jury came back and delivered a guilty verdict on second and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Oof. That was good to me. It, it just was. It was good to me um, that, that Derek Chauvin is going to be held accountable for the murder of George Floyd. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't, I didn't hear the, the, um, the verdict firsthand while I was at work. I did, I forgot to just check to see if the jury, um, was back in session or if they had finished deliberating i didn't check and see so i got a, a family member was one of the, the the initial person to share with me that you know there was a guilty verdict so i went on and just listened to it for myself and i was really excited and very happy um, i cried a little bit later i didn't cry in that moment i, I honestly y'all i felt really numb like I don't even know why, you know, I just felt really numb when I heard the verdict. I was I was happy about it, but I was just like, oh, this is good, but gosh, it, it's just so much more work to be done. So much more accountability that needs to take place um, with our police, or with police officers killing our brown and black people. It's just so much work to be done, even yet and still. So once I and I, I think I stay numb for a while, y'all. Like, I, I stay numb for until, like, the next day. Like, I was at work, and I remember just hearing con just a little bit of conversation about it. I think someone just mentioned it kind of in passing, and there was just a few exchanges about it. And then I still was just, like, I don't know. I was just, like, numb. But when, it kind of, when I settled into the fact that this is real, 
that this man is going to serve time for this crime. I did I did shed some tears. Like, it, it was relief. But then I was like, but we got to get up and, and still get some work done. Still get some work done. So, um, the three remaining officers who are J. Alexander Kung, Thomas Lane, and Toe Tao, they're... Um, they are being charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder, aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter, and their trial is in August. So I definitely will be tuning into the trial. I don't know the dates yet. I don't even know if they've been set, and if they have been set, I haven't heard that those dates have been released, but I will definitely keep us informed and updated about that trial and what's happening there and kind of how that's going to go. Um, for Derek Chauvin, his sentencing will not take place until June. So maybe before the next sip and say, we will have his sentencing and I'll be able to share that with us. I'm pretty sure we would have all heard it, but I'll be able to share that with us. So I'm really excited that these other three police officers have been charged because they were present when Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like if they would have intervened on behalf of George Floyd, it is a possibility, all things are possible, it is a possibility that George Floyd would be alive today. If they would have intervened, if they would have been like, Derek, you know, we, th this is too much. You've had your knee on his neck for long enough. Matter of fact, why do you have your knee on his neck to begin with? I think if they would have intervened, it definitely would. It possibly, I'm not going to say definitely because I don't know, but it possibly would have been a different outcome. But I'm glad that they are being held accountable for their part in the death of George Floyd. I'm really, I'm excited about that, I really am. I'm not, I'm not excited about, you know, George Floyd dying, because death, someone being murdered is never a good thing, but the fact that police officers are being held accountable, it is time, past time, and that is what I'm excited about. I'm hoping that this sets a new precedence with police officers who, think it's okay to murder black and brown people. I'm hoping it sets a precedence and that police officers will take a moment to step back and try to, well, just take a moment to step back and assess the situation before they come in guns blazing. And then in the process of arrests or whatever is happening, that they'll just take a moment of humanity and treat our black and brown people like they would a white person in that same situation. Treat us like you treat your nephew or your son or your daughter or your niece or your grandchild. We want the same treatment. If you want, if you, if you, and I'm gonna stop right there because we don't want white people to be murdered, just like we don't want brown and black people to be murdered. But if you're not murdering white people, stop murdering us. Give us the same treatment, the same benefit of the doubt that you give to these white mass murderers that are heavily gunned and you bring in alive. This is Sip and Say with Stephanie. <laughs> and I'm going to take a sip on that. Note. Yeah, we, we call them for some equity. We're calling for some equity. All right, moving on. I was really, um, 
Disappointed. Y'all, I was shocked and disappointed to know that we have had how many mass shootings. Oh, I didn't even write down a number. I know it was over 200. We've had over 200. I'm going to look it up quickly. According, the website that I checked out is gunviolencearchive.com. And according to their numbers of incidents reported and verified, we have had, I think it was 201 if I am remembering correctly, but I'm about, I'm about to look it up really quickly because I didn't recognize that I did not write down a number of mass shootings, not just murders and killings. We've, we've had some murders and killings happening, but as far as mass shootings are concerned, in 2020, this is May 13th, 2021, and we have had... I'm looking at the statistics now on gunviolencearchive.org, gunviolencearchive.org. I will put the link in the description once the video is over. Yep, I remember the number correctly. We have had 201 mass shootings that have been reported and verified by this organization, one of the most recent being today in D.C. There were four people that were shot and injured, none of them have lost, none of them lost their lives. The last time I checked, which was about 30, maybe 30 or so minutes ago, um, they were injured from gunshots. And um, the person at the time that I did the research had not been found. So we are hoping and praying that someone will come forward with um, evidence that will lead to an arrest. So mass shootings have been on the rise. We know during the summer, mass shootings increase. I, I, I don't know why, only because I haven't done the research. I'm pretty sure the research is out there, but I, do, I haven't done the research. And I don't know those statistics, but man, we have, we are, I, I really don't know what we can do about gun violence. Like I, I know that we need some reformed gun laws, but y'all not everybody in our legislation is on board with with gun um with gun reform not everybody is on board with that and i don't know why i mean i know people want to protect the second amendment but protect but but having stricter gun laws is not going to diminish the second amendment in any way and it's disheartening and it's devastating you know to to know that that people can get guns so easily. I know that there are laws that say you need a background check and you need to get um, purchase guns in the proper way. But y'all know stuff is done illegally and sometimes that illegal activity leads to deaths. Oh gosh, and I and I, I hate it. Like I just it's 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 sad and it's disheartening and it's heartbreaking. I mean it, None of the individuals that have passed away have been, you know, a member of my family, but they feel like my family because I, my heart hurts for them. Like, I am sad and devastated um, when those lives are taken because even though they're not a part of my blood family, they're a part of the American family. They're a part of humanity, and, and it, it hurts, like, you know, to know that you can be at work and, and you know, a gunman or a gunwoman, a gun, you know, a person can come in to shoot up your at your job or at a school or wherever at the Walmart, the grocery store, at a birthday party. It's just 
And I know that mental illness is real in our world. I do know that. I know it's real. And I know that there are people who genuinely suffer from mental illness. But is every, you know, mass shooting, a person who commits a mass shooting, is every one of them mental illness? You know, I, I, I want to be respectful of, of saying that a gunman or, you know, we say gunman for women too, but it's mainly men who have done. I don't know if any of the, I'm going to have to do some research, you all, because I don't know if any mass shootings have been done by a woman. I really don't know. None that I've heard of. So I would have to do some research on that. Um, but most of the, 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 the gunmen, um, uh, gosh, I was, I was talking about mental illness. I don't know what I wanted to say about that, but, but I, I, I don't, I want to be respectful. That's what I want to say. I want to be respectful for those who do suffer from mental illness because it is real and I don't want to take away from anyone's struggle. And so I can't say that every person who commits a mass shooting has mental illness. Like, you know, some of, some of it, you know, could be getting back at an employer for, for being fired or whatever the case may be, being mistreated on the job or whatever the case may be. I just, oh, I, it just, it's just disheartening, you know, and my prayers definitely go out to the family, but then we need some action within our legislation, within our legislators to enact some gun reform. So you all know your legislators, know your, your local, your state, and your um, um, U.S. legislators, email them, write them, call them, and let them know your take, your perspective, your want for your community and for your state and for this country as it relates to gun violence. So, yeah. Kind of make me sad. I didn't mean to make us sad, but I, it's, yeah, just a little sad. Okay, let's move on to infrastructure. We've, we've heard a lot about infrastructure. Infra no, I can't even say the word. <laughs> Infrastructure. <laughs> Let me say it fast. <laughs> but we've heard a lot about infrastructure. And I don't uh, know much about the infrastructure bill that President, Ob President Biden, oh, Biden, whew, President Biden has submitted to our, our Congress. But I did read up just a little bit about it, and I'm going to do some more research on it. But I wanted to share a few things with you because it kind of had me think when I was thinking about. Um, like the pipeline hack and thinking about how the infra infrastructure of the pipeline may have been faulty or the security may have been faulty and made it vulnerable to attack. It made me think about the infrastructure plan that Biden has set in place. So I did just a little bit of research and I'm going to put the whitehouse.gov website in the description of this video once I finish. But I just wanted to share a few things within this bill, within this proposal. So for transportation, there are some guidelines to fix our highways, to rebuild bridges, to upgrade our ports, airports, and transit system. There is some language in there, some information in there to rebuild our clean drinking water infrastructure. I'm going to take a sip on that. No, I drink water all the time. Like I, that's my go-to drink is water. I do not keep sodas at my house. I do not keep juice at my house. 
unless my family is visiting. If I have company or the family is visiting, then I'll get some juice in here. I do not buy sodas. If you come for a party or a dinner, you're not going to have some any sodas at my house. I will get you some juice or some tea or some lemonade or something, but water is my go-to. So when I was reading about the clean drinking water infrastructure, I got excited about that. Um, there's also some information in the bill um, to revitalize our digital infrastructure and to re-energize the power infrastructure. So the proposal is to have a renewed electric grid, which I know Texas would be happy about that if they choose to be a part of that. Um, and then to get high-speed broadband to all Americans. And I know that the, our, our fellow Americans in rural areas would be happy to hear about that. Um, there's also um, information to build, preserve, and retrofit more than 2 million homes and commercial buildings, to modernize our nation's schools, community colleges, and early learning facilities, and to upgrade veterans' hospitals and federal buildings. That is major, you all, that is major. Um, also, the last thing that I want to share about this is to invest, um, yeah, to invest in well, this isn't necessarily part of the infrastructure plan, um, but this is part of the CARES Act in general. To invest in research and development, to re revitalize manufacturing and small businesses, and to train Americans for the jobs of the future. You all, that, that's huge. So all of this is a part of the American Jobs Plan, the infrastructure, everything I just shared is a part of the American Jobs Plan. Again, I'm gonna share the link with you so that you can read this for yourself. I have not dived into the bill as it is written, but I'm gonna dive into that a little bit more just so I can be knowledgeable myself about what's going on in the world that I live in or in particular, the country that I live in. So yeah, y'all, do some research on that so you'll know what our news people are talking about when they say infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. <laughs> Tongue twister there, right? Tongue twister there. Well, that is all of the news that I want to report, but I do have something that I want to share with you. I, you all know that I am an author. I have authored thus far 13 faith-based romance novels one poetry book, and I have another book that will be released on June 1st. And so I just wanted to share a little bit about my newest book. This is actually my proof copy. I haven't ordered any other copies yet. This is my proof copy. This is called Walking Out Our Love. You can get this book right now absolutely free on Kobu Rakuten. Is at go on there, search Stephanie Humphrey, and you can download this book. You are probably gonna have to download the app in order to read the book, but it's a simple download. I have it on my device. Um, and you can read this book there absolutely free. Um, you can also purchase it on my website at determinedpublishing.com. It is available for print um, or in print for $6. And so let me read what the book is about. I actually released this book this month in May. On May 1st, I released this book. I was going to do a big um, book release and everything, but I actually was at a conference that day, and so it kind of skirted on by. But let me read to you what this book is about. 
Emerald becomes stranded on a long, dark road. She abandons her car in hopes of finding help, but she finds herself falling in the snow. She fully awakes two days later to the eyes of a handsome, half-naked stranger. <laughs> Dominique is immediately taken back by the lady lying unconscious and, um, excuse me, unconscious in the snow, bleeding from her head. She is appealing even in her injured state. And with her hollering out at the hospital, he knew he needed to help her. Will their unlikely meeting lead to a likely relationship? <laughs> this book is a faith-based romance filled with prayers. So again, go to Rakuten Kobo and get this book absolutely free. I will make sure that I put the link in the description once this video is over. So next week is our 2021 book study and we will be reading or I will be reading excerpts from the book Bountiful Blessings. So in this book, Regina Reed is the owner of Bountiful Blessings Bed and Breakfast, also known as B4, uh, B and the number four, or B4 squared. <laughs> So she she has how many employees? She has one, two, three, four. She has six employees that work with her at her bed and breakfast. And she has created a family environment that's really loving and nurturing their friends. They go out together. They hang out together. They live in the same space together. And so in honor of this book being read this month and in honor of Mother's Day, I have a contest that will start on Sunday, which is the 17th. Let me make sure I have that date right. Um, actually, the 16th, May 16th, this contest will begin. Let me tell you what it's about. If you had the resources to start the business of your dreams, what would it be? And how would you create a nurturing, loving, family atmosphere. You can find more information on my website at determinedpublishing.com starting May 16th. Get in on this contest. You will not only win, if you are the winner, you will not only win a copy of Bountiful Blessings, but you'll get to choose one additional book from the list that I'll add to the website, and I will send that book to you, provided I have, you know, a, a mailing address to send it to you. So on May 16th, look for the contest on determinedpublishing.com's website and get in on the contest. That's really all that I had to share with us on tonight. You all, I hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. You know, I know Mother's Day is not a happy time for everyone because some families have lost their mother, have lost their grandmother. And so I can empathize with that. My grandmother passed away in 2012 and I miss her all the time, even, even still, you know, I miss her. I think about her often. She is always in my heart. 
Um, and I, I, I love her and I miss her. So, you know, we not only, not only did we honor my mom and the other moms in our family, we honored my grandmother as well, you know, during Mother's Day. Of course, our children did, but the grandchildren and great-grandchildren did as well. So it is wonderful. My mother is still alive and I thank God for it. Um, but I miss my grandmother and I, I empathize with everyone who missed their mother on Mother's Day. You know, God bless you and peace and joy be with you as you remembered your mom on Sunday and as you continue to remember um, her and the happy times that you all shared together. You all, please don't tell my mama, but I forgot Mother's Day snuck up on me. So I have part of her gift here. It's not all that I, I'm going to give her, but I have part of her gift here and I haven't sent it off yet. And even though I did talk to her and I sent her a message, I did. I hadn't apologized yet for not giving her her gift. She doesn't know right now <laughs> that her gift isn't all put together yet, but I'm going to send it to her. And um, my mother told me one time, it was actually last year, um, I'd ordered my mom an outfit and it took so, like I ordered it in time to get to her on Mother's Day, but because of the pandemic, there was delayed shipping, so she didn't get it until, I think mom said she got it maybe a week, I think it, it might have even been a couple of weeks after Mother's Day, but she said that was fine with her, she, I didn't tell her it was coming, <laughs> she, she had no, I, no, yes I did, yes I did, I did tell, I did tell her it was coming because I told her it was delayed, I said mom I did send you something but it's delayed, so yes yeah, she did know it was coming, but she didn't know what it was, and so she was so happy, you know, to receive the outfit, and she actually wore it this Mother's Day, she wore it, she um, took a picture, she was looking snazzy on Mother's Day, she took a picture, Picture and um, uh, you know she uh, she um, accessorized the outfit with a hat and a scarf and she looked really really beautiful and so I was so excited to see her wear the dress and um, you know it was just wonderful to to just share with my mom on Mother's Day and I'm gonna get her gift to her <laughs> but I said all that to say she told me last year she was like well Stephanie it's okay that it didn't arrive on Mother's Day you know what I get anytime you you know give me a gift I'm good with it I'm fine with it and so it made me feel a little bit better because I was really sad that there was a delay but just just the fact that she's here and I can still talk to her and call her when I need her that is such a blessing and I'm so thankful for it. And so I want to encourage me and encourage you to honor our mothers um, because they have been the one, or let me just speak for my mom, has been the one that kept our family together. She was a single mom and she raised us as a single mom. And then we had the support of my family, we had a very loving and supporting family as well. So even though my father was not in my life, I had my grandfather and I had my uncles. They were those male role models and I'll be able to celebrate them next month in June um, during Father's Day. But they were my male role models and I thank God for them. But I thank God for my family. We never went hungry. We were never without the things that we needed and my mom did a great job keeping us together, keeping us clothed and fed and making sure that we have the things that we needed. I didn't always have what I wanted, but I am thankful that I had what I needed. So thank you, Mom. I really appreciate you, and kisses to you. And so this is the end of Stephanie's sip. I'm going to take a quick sip. I want to say to you, be blessed. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of your neighbors. 
And I will see you next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for Stephanie's Sip and Say Blessings. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings. Thank you.